Welcome to China Tech Talk, the weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I am John Artman, editor in chief of TechNode.com,、uh, joined as always by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So, so Matt, when was the last time that you went to Starbucks?、Um, good question. I was in Starbucks. <laughs> Last time I was in Beijing, which was actually、um, I was in Beijing for one day, I think a week ago.、Uh, so yeah, about a week ago. Okay. And when was the last time you had a cup of coffee from Luckin?、Um, about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> the, the empty cup, the empty Luckin thing is next next to me right now. Yeah. Oh, that's that that that's that's it, that, that's the thing about Luckin, right? I mean, like you can you can get it delivered, whereas Starbucks you still can't.、Um, you know, Starbucks they they announced that.、Um, Um, their cooperation with Alibaba and how they're going to have stuff that's going to be delivered. But actually, so we're recording this on、um, on August eighth, and on August seventh, I actually tried to order Starbucks through、um, the Alama app here in Beijing, and it, it actually it did not work. Um, it still showed the、uh, the Daigo, the、um, the third party basically、uh, vendor who would go to Starbucks and order place the order and then deliver it, of course for for a premium.、Um, and so that's kind of what we want to talk about today, right? Is looking at what's going on with、uh, with Luckin and and Starbucks. I mean, we talked about this.、Uh, we talked about Luckin specifically、um, a little bit more than a month ago, two months ago. I need to go back and check. I always forget my my. Sense of time is is、uh, is a bit messed up,、um, but since since we talked about them, they've basically exploded.、Um, at, at at the time, I think they were still in in soft launch, so they weren't really being too aggressive、um, in terms of at least in terms of you know、uh, ag- aggressively、uh, trying to confront Starbucks、uh, head on.、Um, now that they're out of so- soft launch, of course, the the marketing、um, is still going very very strong,、um, and they've become quite confrontational.、Uh, they've even、uh, threatened to sue. Starbucks for、um, unfair competition, which I think is is kind of interesting.、Um, you know, they're probably not very serious about the suit itself. It's more about、uh, drawing more attention to to their product and to their brand. Oh yeah, definitely.、Um, I would take that as as just a PR stunt.、Um, don't let that sort of、um, no, stunts like that get in the way of you know the real story here.、Um, yeah, we covered Luckin a while back,、uh, quite early on, and it got some great feedback that episode. Um, so we wanted to cover it again because there's been this announcement with Starbucks and Alibaba just a few days ago, and I think that shifted.、Um, this is a big move for Starbucks, and so it's a big shift. And also, yeah, as you just said, John, this market's come a long way. It's definitely one of the stories of 2018, right?、Uh, coffee seems to be at the front frontier of quite a few trends.、Uh, new retail being one, and、um, it's rapidly developing, as we're going to talk about a little bit later on. I think it, it, it seems like now it could be. The new frontier for the、uh, Alibaba Tencent proxy wars. Well, this is this is what's just so funny, right? I mean, like you know, it seems like everything is basically you know turning out to be some type of proxy war.、Um, you know, there's been tons of rumors surrounding、uh, Facebook and in Google coming in.、Uh, you know, Google seems to be pretty clearly cooperating with、uh, with Tencent to set up some of their services. Whereas、uh, Facebook, it's unclear whether they're working with Alibaba.、Uh, the fact that they decided to 
set up shop. Of course, now it's gone, um, but they tried to set up shop in in Hangzhou. Um, signals an Alibaba connection. Of course, there's other reasons to to be in Hangzhou, uh, not specifically for um, for Alibaba necessarily, uh, but at the same time, I think it, it's 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 uh, it's very telling. Um, and so, looking at looking at Luckin and and Starbucks, I mean, I mean, again, I mean, it, it's 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 really kind of amazing because it's all about creating creating moats and it's all about making sure that your competitor is not able to um, do something that you cannot do and therefore maybe encroach upon um, some encroach upon an area of business or at least create a capability in an area of business that that you should be active in um, and then coming out and dominating in that and perhaps uh, cutting into your own business. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of funny because you know Starbucks actually was working with WeChat for a little while um, last year. In fact, giving out like coffee coupons and coffee hongbao and and things like that. They even made it into a game. Um, and so it's interesting to see now that they're cooperating with with Alibaba uh, and Starbucks. You know, they've been they're 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 actually a fairly slow company. Um, I think that since Luckin has um, come into the market, they've been taking a very cautious approach. Uh, and you know, they never they never had delivery. Um, they never thought it was important, I guess. Um, but now now they do seem to be taking it uh, a little bit a little bit more seriously. Yeah, that's a great point actually, um, which I don't think has been picked up in media enough. Is that um, Starbucks really is playing both sides of the fence here? Um, you know, they were quite close to WeChat team uh, about a year ago. I remember. I was at um, the Tencent Global Partners Conference last year. Uh, Starbucks had a presentation there. Uh, several of the Starbucks um, head office team for China were there. Um, they seemed very chummy. You know, it was, it was touted as as a, as a big cooperation between between Tencent and Starbucks. And now they flipped over to the dark side, <laughs> straight over to the competitors now. Um, you know, they've been playing both sides fairly well, I guess uh, you could say from their perspective. Um, but now it seems that, you know, with this new announcement that they've had with Alibaba, it would be pretty difficult. Uh, it seems like they've picked a side, right? I mean, this seems to be a lot stronger, deeper cooperation with Alibaba than what they were doing before. Um, on Tencent platform. So the announcement, uh, if just to go over the details of it um, a little bit more, that they, they it, was, it was billed as a strategic partnership, I believe. And um, I, I watched the videos of the uh, of the Starbucks team describing uh, how the how they saw the cooperation, uh, which were put out by the um, Alibaba Media, um, the official one, uh, Azilla, uh, I think it's called, um, which is their propaganda channel that's run by by my my uh, brother my brother. <laughs> from another mother tom brennan <laughs> who's actually a very nice guy okay. um who um yeah was was doing the interview there basically they said there's three pillars right there's um three parts to this deal uh one is uh, delivery so they're working with um erlemar as you mentioned before john uh so mm -hmm. erlemar is now going to be the delivery partner for starbucks and although it's not quite there yet it will be there and you can go into erlemar and, and there'll be an official uh, channel there to get starbucks delivery uh, they're working with Hermar Supermarkets um, to directly have sort of coffee fulfillment centers uh, in in those in those places where they'll actually um, you know like a dark store I guess like you were referring to uh, a little bit earlier on like the um, where they'll actually make the coffee in Hermar and then there's an, the third pillar of the of the cooperation which is virtual store right so actually having a Starbucks online store across a variety of Alibaba products I think they're talking about Taobao Timor. Um, they're talking about in Hermar, 
and Erlemar, uh, uh, so across a couple of uh, places where that online store would probably, if if they do it, if they want to push a lot of traffic to it, they can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's and again, I mean, it just shows how slow Starbucks has been um, here in China. I mean, the idea that it's taken them this long to set up like official stores on 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 Taobao and Tmall um, to really work out distribution for for their um, to work out distribution for for their products um, and especially like coffee beans and and other other types of drinks obviously you can get frappuccino like the 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 kind of mixed frappuccino drinks at pretty much any convenience store um, but that's that's like kind of like a mass produced product that, that that they have but you know you go to you go to a supermarket in the United States and you can easily buy Starbucks beans um, and of course, you know, coffee isn't such a isn't very prominent in a uh, in a grocery store in China. But um, but I mean, even if you go to a foreign grocery store, you're not going to see any Starbucks products or anything like that. Um, and so it is interesting to see. You know, I, I have to wonder: is that because it's a distribution problem? In that, you know, what's what's the the marginal cost um, is actually a little bit too high. Um, so it doesn't make any any sense for them to do that, um, or is it just that they were never sure if 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 they should? You know, again, it's just it, it's it's quite slow um, in general, and you know, it's taken them it's taken a major player, um, an upstart, if you will, to actually get them to start looking at at their 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 business model. I mean, the thing is, you got to remember about Starbucks is that they brought coffee in, into China, um, and you know, before before Starbucks, um, you know, the only place that you could get a cup of coffee in China were these kind of um, like tea houses, coffee shop places, Western restaurants where they would overcharge you for uh, a pretty a pretty bad cup of coffee in general. And they'd have like all, all these kind of uh, gimmicky coffee machines in order to, to make it seem all fancy. Um, but Starbucks really kind of made it into a, a bit more of a normal thing. Um, and the stores themselves are kind of places where people hang out. And, you know, one of the issues is, of course, in some senses, maybe it, they've gotten too popular. Um, you know, so if you compare a a Luckin store to a Starbucks store, well, I mean, half of the Luckin stores, let's say, um, they don't necessarily, they don't even have a place to sit. All it is is you 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 place your order and then uh, and then you show up and you come and and, and you pick it up. Uh, whereas in Starbucks, there's going to be um, a lot of people. There may or may not be places to sit depending upon um, you know the time uh, and the and the day. Um, but then also Starbucks in general, it ends up being a lot slower. Um, so if you are kind of going through to Starbucks in a in a rush period, I mean it could take quite a little, quite a while to actually get uh, to to actually get your cup of coffee. Um, they are pretty good in general about if it is a long line, they will have someone kind of going out and taking orders so that you don't have to wait for the order to be placed to actually uh, have the drink being being um, being made. Um, but at the same time, I mean that's that like that like Luckin is really kind of targeting that exact pain point because everything is done through the app. Even if you go to the the store itself, you're not actually going to tell the barista what you want. You need to download the application through the application, say that you're going to order for pickup um, and then and then you then you order. And so you could be in your office um, and you know that in about 10 minutes you're, you want to be able to go downstairs to get a cup of coffee. So so you order the coffee um, and you say that you're going to pick it up. 10 minutes later, you walk downstairs and it's and it's and it's ready. No wasted time whatsoever. Yeah, you there's an interesting point you made there, right? So yes, Starbucks kind of brought coffee to China in many in many ways. Um, they're clearly market leaders. And they've been really enjoying this long period where 
Um, they've been leading the market and they have a great brand that actually there's a there's, I've noticed there's quite a big difference in the brand perception of Starbucks in China over the past you know, four to five years compared to where I'm from in London or maybe from the people I know, uh, my American friends like, like, like you, John, like our perception of the Starbucks brand is is typically that it's, um, you know, it's not an aspirational brand. It's not something you would show off with. It's just Starbucks, right? They're everywhere and it's it's the coffee's okay and it's it's relatively affordable. Um, but in China, um, certainly I'm thinking back to a presentation I did uh, when I was living in Chongqing like five years ago. Um, I remember specifically mentioning Starbucks at one point as an aspirational brand, as something that essentially young girls would take selfies with and how holding holding that Starbucks coffee in your hand um, said something about you. It said, I have disposable income. You know, this is a brand I want to be associated with. Um, it's cool. And so there's quite a bit of a difference there in how the brand was perceived. But what we're seeing now, I think one of the big issues for Starbucks, and this is completely unrelated um, to the, well, actually, in some ways, maybe not, but um, it, it's something that's not necessarily being caused by Luckin, but it's more just that as as coffee becomes more popular and more accepted, and as incomes continue to rise, um, the brand status is shifting uh, to one where it's losing that aspirational status. That is a, actually a big problem for Starbucks, I believe, because their pricing here in China, they have global pricing, right? As as far as I'm aware, you can correct me, John, if I'm wrong. You probably know more than me, actually. Um, you know, Starbucks has global pricing, right? The price of a Starbucks in the states is roughly the same as the price you know in 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 london or here in china and um yes and yes and no um so actually i haven't been to a starbucks in the states uh in quite some time um the last time that i was actually in a starbucks in the states i believe was like 2013 maybe um and at the time like so so a price for an americano uh for example um was slightly higher in china than it was um in the states um so global pricing i mean that 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 might be thing, but it also depends upon um, exchange rate. Sure. Um, but I do remember that specifically specifically a cup of coffee in the States was um, noticeably cheaper, um, given the exchange rate even, um, than, it, than it was okay. in China. Well, um, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but I guess my, the main point I'm trying to make is that the pricing is actually relatively high, right? So buying a Starbucks, and mm-hmm. that, that led into the aspirational brand. But I think now they've got to a situation where it's um, the coffee's becoming more accepted in the mainstream, and and partly that's due to brands like Luckin, um, you know, making such a big investment in and in, in number of stores and, and in branding across China. But you know, there's a variety of factors at play here. Um, but at the same time, for them to go down in price is pretty difficult. And uh, actually, one of the things that we got wrong in the last episode that I really want to correct, and actually, um, mm. all of the stuff that I've seen in English language media has got this wrong um that that i've seen at least and, and that's actually the price difference between starbucks and lucking is actually very big um it's much bigger than people are reporting uh because it, it took me a while to understand why that is is because uh, it would lucking uh you know they have so many deals going on um i'm actually by lucking quite a lot now and um the price difference between you know a, a starbucks coffee is roughly about 30 yuan so what's that like five dollars um i can i can get starbucks if you buy the deals on the app you know i don't pay 
pay, even including delivery. So I got I got my luck in today. Uh, I'm paying 12 yuan for that for that coffee. Um, so that's like a sub, like less than half price of what I would be paying mm. for. Um, thing. Now you have to buy in bulk to do that. You have to buy like five at a time. But um, yeah, it's it's a substantially different price point. Uh, if you're a regular customer of luck in, you're not going to be paying anywhere near what you pay for a Starbucks. Um, and so that actually makes the whole thing. Um, you know, their targeting is very much about white collar workers, um, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, when I'm down in Shenzhen in the co-working space where my team works out of um we see luck in everywhere everyone's ordering luck in now um it's it's definitely stepped up a gear from from where it was a couple of months ago well so so i think i mean i want to kind of um take a step back just for a second to an earlier point that that you made about starbucks kind of becoming a bit more um a bit more normal um i wrote a little bit about this um about a year ago when when starbucks um when it had that promotion in inside of wechat uh, and and the point was there for me that Starbucks is not really uh, a foreign brand anymore. Um, it is it is very much part of kind of the uh, the collective collective uh, cultural consciousness. Starbucks is just a thing, um, and they and they've done a pretty good job, I would say, in terms of localizing. There are some products that you can buy in China that you would not be able to buy, or else it might be more difficult to actually for a barista outside of China to make. Um, whereas here it's something very, very uh, quite, quite normal, um, and so, so in that sense, you know, I think that that it's it's you know it's a success that they've localized well. They've been around for such a long time. Um, they've really you know uh, pioneered uh, education about uh, coffee uh, and about kind of you know a. A, a coffee shop culture, if you will, um, but as you were as you were saying, that that does mean that the the overall the overall barrier uh, is going to be much lower for people to switch. Now that coffee is basically just a thing, um, and it's it's a lot more popular than it used to be. But then also, it's not just that; it's also you know, Luckin they announced um, about a month ago that they're doing you know uh, food delivery as well. So they have you know just like wraps and and bread and mm. stuff like that. Um, and so it's not it's not just coffee; it's also just this this kind of um, Chinese, Chinese, Chinesey, uh, Western style, uh, easy, quick food, if you will. Um, so things that are are it's easy to prepare ahead of time. It's easy to refrigerate, and it's easy to uh, to warm up, which is basically everything that you can get at Starbucks anyway. Um, so 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 yeah, I mean, on on the one hand, you know, they they've localized super well, but that means that the barrier of entry is lower. Um, and and you know, luck in. I mean, I, and I think that what what kind of the interesting thing is, you know, because I would say, Matt, you're not exactly, you know, picky about your coffee. Um, I, you know, I think that you and I have talked about how you like to drink like the, the Nescafe hey, hey, things, hey, which, which I, I don't absolutely like to hate. Drink them. I just say, <laughs> let me correct you. <laughs> okay. Stop there. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like to <laughs> okay. drink them. I, I just like, I can accept drinking them if I need to. Yeah. But I mean, even for me, like I can barely accept them. Like if I'm in like super dire straits. Um, I'll drink it, but with with the complete knowledge that it's going to be um, a very unpleasant experience for me, and it's probably not even going to be enough caffeine for me. Um, and so, one of the one of the really interesting things that's um, that's kind of been been happening in 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 our in our WeChat group is there's been this huge back and forth about the the quality of the coffee at, at Luckin versus Starbucks. And even before uh, Luckin came around, I have some friends um, who were uh, much pickier than I am, and they have some some quite negative things to say about uh, Starbucks coffee. I think Starbucks coffee is okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not like super, super picky or, or a snob in any sense. Um, but one of the main points is, has been that, that, especially among foreigners, is that uh, Luckin's coffee is isn't very good, uh, and I and I have to agree. I mean, so it's better than the Nescafe. Uh, 
uh, little little can things. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's not that great either. Um, like I ordered uh, a, a, a an iced americano yesterday, and I was drinking it, and I was like, "This is not this is not exactly pleasant." I mean, it's not it's not bad, but it's not very good either. Um, and but I think the point here is that you know, on the one hand, um, Starbucks and and coffee in general is becoming much more much more normal. But on the other hand, I mean, there's no like real quote unquote coffee culture in the sense that not enough people are looking at what actually is good coffee, uh, what actually, you know, uh, makes a good cup of coffee, uh, what kind of beans should be used, how they're supposed to be made and things like that. Uh, whereas in, in, in the West and in the U.S., especially in certain parts of the U.S., you know, there's this whole uh, coffee movement where, you know, artisanal, um, art, excuse me, artisanal um, you know, coffees are being made, you know, there's craft coffee shops and, and all and all this stuff. Uh, and you can get and you can get a darn good cup of coffee in some places in the States. Uh, certainly in Italy. I mean, the espresso in Italy is is amazing. Um, but in China, there, there's nothing like that. There's no like real appreciation for coffee necessarily as as a product, or at least not on the on the same level. Um, and so that's what's kind of interesting is that you know at the end of the day, like the the actual quality of the coffee, the taste of the coffee, isn't as important to many of these people who are who are ordering Luckin. A lot of it is is the is the convenience. Oh. And you know, I think like everyone, like you and I, we want we want that caffeine hit. And you know, sometimes it really doesn't matter how good it tastes. Um, if you can't tell the difference, well, caffeine is caffeine. Sure. I, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, let's address that because there is a lot of talk. Um, you're, you're totally right. A lot of people get focused on the product and they're talking um, about how they actually don't like Luckin' Coffee. They think it's poor quality coffee or maybe even the same for Starbucks. Um, I think those are fair points. And for me, I'm definitely less fussy. But I, th- I think talking about the actual product is kind of missing the point. Um, you know, this battle, this new retail um, battle that's happening right now, which we're so interested in, there's so many new stores opening up. It's quite clearly um, a, a becoming more important area for um, for new retail sector. Um, it's n- very little to do with the product. Um, this product will not, this war, this battle will not be won on the quality of the coffee. Um, both in my opinion, uh, all of the players in this market, and not just Luckin and, and Starbucks, but all of the big, big players, um, have a good enough product. And we're going to assume that um, regardless of how you feel about coffee, at, at least for now, for 2018 and for the Chinese mass market, um, all of them have a product that's good enough. Um, the tastes in the market will will probably um, refine over time, and we might see uh, a few years later that more and more people will start to value high quality coffee, um, like they do in other markets. And uh, I, I think that's we we can expect that. Um, but where it is today for you know getting mass market adoption, I think um, Luckin's product and Starbucks product is um, is good enough. And most uh, I would say a lot of consumers would struggle to um, you know if they were doing blind tasting to actually pick one over the other. That might seem um, a, a little bit exaggerated to people who care about coffee a lot. But I, I think we see I, I think that's true, and I think we've seen it in other markets. Um, I'm thinking of beer as well. You know, um, in China, um, there's there's now you can go into many stores uh, you know i'm here in chung in in um, on the second ring road of, of chengdu 
uh, out in southwest China. But I can go downstairs and there's a couple of stores that will stock um, beer imported from Europe now. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, so certainly in, in the whole time I've been in China, up until very recently, that wasn't the case. Um, and the beer market wasn't ready for those kind of products. Um, you know, beer, people were happy with the local beer. I wasn't particularly happy with it. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, the market wasn't ready. The market wasn't ready for <laughs> European imported beer for most of, you know, tier two, tier three cities. Now it is. Uh, I think we'll see the same thing for coffee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going, uh, but I want to go back to the announcement uh, with, with, with Alibaba and their partnership with um Mm. with Starbucks, which is really what sparked us to do this episode. I think that's that's the change in the industry. Um, let me phrase it as a question to you, John. You know, Do you see this new announcement and this new partnership as a game changer in the industry? Um, what is Starbucks? Is, is this really going to be a, a, something that can help Starbucks um, fend off the attack from Luckin? Well, I mean, again, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. I mean, Starbucks has, has been fairly slow. Uh, I mean, they have they have 3,000 stores in China already. Uh, Luckin, Luckin has 800. Um, the rate of expansion for, and we can talk about, I, I, want, I do want to talk about those numbers uh, a little bit, but it's not so relevant just now. Um, you know, Luckin claims to have 800. They want to expand to 2,000. So the rate of expansion is is um, is amazing. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, you look at, you look at the partnership itself I mean whether whether it's delivery or whether it's a Taobao shop or whether it's stocking in Hama I mean you know this is this is I, I feel like they're, they're playing catch up here um, I don't think it's a big game changer in the sense that they're basically kind of doing what they should should have already been doing uh, I mean you know they, they left themselves wide open uh, when it comes especially when it comes to the delivery aspect um, I mean it makes it make, made no sense to me that why they would not have a delivery option um, at some point I mean work 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 with uh, you know Work, work with Olama, work, work with Meituan, develop your own delivery service. Although that, I mean, of course, that might have been difficult. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, delivery is the norm in China at this point. I mean, even you know, even going down to tier three, tier four cities, delivery is the norm. I mean, we're looking at high density areas. And, you know, usually getting around um, is not all that convenient. Uh, And so it's much, much easier. It saves time. It saves effort um, to just have something delivered. You know, I can I can work. I can keep working throughout the day. I can keep doing whatever I'm doing. And I just wait for the food to come. I don't have to go outside. I don't have to, you know, wait in line or do anything like that. And this the same should have been for coffee. Um, And so in in basically what's what I think Starbucks are doing is they're doing what they should have done. Um, And it's hard for me to imagine that this actually um, they're, them actually being able to gain any momentum off of this. I mean, so the announcement's been about a week now, and again, you still can't actually buy Starbucks on on Olama. So okay. why why is that? And 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 honestly, I mean, looking at Starbucks in general, they're they're, they're kind of a, a slow company. You know, they're not a tech company, um, and and their their main value has been bringing that coffee culture to China, educating edu- educating the market. It hasn't been about you know incorporating amazing new technologies or Amazing new tech-driven experiences. Of course, they are they are doing their uh, reserve, um, their Starbucks reserve stores. Uh, they opened one up in Shanghai last year, and there they just opened one up here in in Beijing. And so they're still going for the experience. They're going for the 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 whole the whole thing. Um, but in terms of actually uh, gaining momentum in the in the broader market, I mean, I don't I don't see this 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 tie up with uh, with Alibaba making much of a difference. Well, to play devil's advocate there, I mean. Isn't that why the 
the partnership makes sense. They're, they are a traditional retailer. They're not a tech company uh, and they're partnering with Alibaba who is. And uh, certainly that's the way they're pitching it, right? Is that, okay, this is us, uh, an offline traditional retailer, uh, but uh, you know one of the best in class for this market. And we're partnering together with one of the best in class tech giants um, who better, you know, it should be a great fit, right? And this is what new retail is going to be about. I mean, I, I completely agree with, with, with that. But the question was, is this, is this a game changer? And, and whether, I mean, I think it's still a big deal. Um, and I think, but again, I mean, you know, it's, it's Starbucks doing what they should have done. Um, like, like a lot of traditional companies that end up being disrupted, you know, they wait until the, uh, the disruptor has, has gained a lot of traction before they're like, oh crap, we actually need to do something about this. Um, and, and I think that, you know, head headquarters, I mean, I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly how they split up their operations, but, uh, uh, you know, overseas headquarters, China headquarters, I mean, I mean, they must've been having discussions about this, but for whatever reason, it just took them took them forever to actually do something. Mm. Well, I mean, there's, there's different parts, as you said. There, there's actually three different parts to this deal. Um, you're focusing mostly in, in what you've just said there on the delivery aspect, um, which mm-hmm. I would broadly agree. You know, they should have sorted this out a while back. Um, it's kind of strange that they they left it so late, and it does seem reactionary. Um, in terms of now they've got a serious competitor in the market, which, um, you know, at the rate that Luckin's opening stores or claims that it wants to open stores. So, you know, just to give some idea that, you know, um, they're in 13 different cities now, as you mentioned before, 800 stores. That's from um, basically 100 stores a month, right, that they've been opening. Um, 2,000 by the end of the year. So their, their rate of opening stores is going to accelerate considerably um, in the next four months if they're going to reach that target. Um, they're already being billed as a unicorn based on their evaluation um but you know by the time we get to this time you know august or you know second half maybe towards the end of second of 2019 um if they keep up this rate of acceleration of 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 opening stores you know lucky will be similar size to starbucks right in terms of how many just in terms of store numbers anyway uh, maybe not in terms of uh, you know revenue but um you know that's 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 where we're going to be in a year's time if 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 things keep going this way, which is incredible. Um, so that's, I think it seems to me that this deal is, I don't want to use the term shotgun wedding, but it seems definitely reactionary uh, from Starbucks's um, viewpoint. I mean, it's hard not to see it as being reactionary, um, given that, you know, the moves that the, that Luckin's making. Um, but the, uh, you know, the Hermar fulfillment centers, if we look at that aspect, you know, could that be a game changer? Um, I've personally, I just see it again, like they're just pretty, mu- pretty much uh, following to some degree Luckin's model here, right? Aren't they? They're just uh, uh, they're just taking the exactly. view that for new retail. Uh, for coffee, it makes sense to have a lot of stores which actually don't have seatings, and they're, and they're just fulfillment centers, um, which is exactly what Luckin's doing. Um, and then the new virtual store, which is the third part of the deal, um, that is interesting because it depends on how much traffic. In, in my mind, the virtual having a, an online store, um, so they build it as as Alibaba's gonna have all this sort of seamless retail, and we're gonna have personalization of the of the whole experience, um, which to me. Sounds not so. It sounds like a lot of PR because essentially uh, a, a coffee store only has only, only many, has very few SKUs, right? So when you go into, you can't give giving personalized recommendations and having 
algorithms predict what you want to buy before you know what you want to buy. Makes a lot of sense um, if you're in a big, you know, if you're on Amazon or if you're on uh, Tmall and it can actually like increase the conversion quite considerably. Um, I don't think it works in a coffee situation, right? You kind of usually, if you want to buy a coffee, you open a coffee app or you open um, you know, a food delivery app in China and you, you know what you want already. And even if you don't, there's only about, you know, 10 different coffees, right? There's not, there's not that much choice. So really it's just about traffic in my mind. It's like how much traffic is Alibaba actually going to give to Starbucks? You know, are they going to spam everyone who opens the Taobao app um, or, or more likely um, who opens the Hermar app uh, with uh, a coupon for Starbucks uh, every, you know, every, every month or something like that? If they do, that's going to be a game changer, right? Because that's huge, huge traffic. Um, but it's very unlikely they're going to be that generous. And also there's, there's a, yeah, you know, it's a zero sum game in terms of attention. If you spam everyone with a Starbucks coupon, then you can't spam them with another coupon. Um, so it's very unlikely that they, it's going to be a huge amount of traffic uh, and going to Starbucks. I think in the short term period, there might be definitely, well, there certainly will be some promotions and some pushes towards um, their part, their section of, of um, their store within those within those properties. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, coffee is you know a sideline. Um, I don't know if there's any financial um, part of this deal. I don't think that was announced. You know, are, is um, how are Starbucks paying for this? Uh, for this store that's in the Taobao, I'm sure they are. Um, but exactly how how the financial arrangements working for them having these fulfillment centers in Hermar or working with Olimar for delivery? I don't think there was any announcement on that. Um, so we're still yet to see. Um, but it's uh, my my feeling is I kind of agree with you, John. Like in, in, in broadly going back to your original point, it's kind of them catching up. Um, yes, it's a good move. I think it's probably the right move for them. I'm not criticizing them for for going with Alibaba. It's probably the right move um but will it it's more reactionary and i don't see it as really being a game changer for their business they're just catching up with competition yeah i mean i think i mean yeah i mean i i, I don't i don't want to criticize uh, i'm not criticizing starbucks at all for 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 their choice of partner i mean you know if you want to do retail um at this point um alibaba really is is the the way to go um, and so I think it's it's perfectly natural for them to um, to have that agreement with with Alibaba. It's I mean it's hard for me to imagine them going with uh, with Tencent or or JD. Um, just the, their their models end up being differently. Their their models end up being different, and then um, you know even even offline. Um, they don't have as much uh, of a presence. I mean, Hama has um, has expanded pretty quickly. You don't see too many um, Tencent-backed uh, um, new retail stores, and the same thing with with JD. Um, Hama, at the end of the day, has kind of is is leading well, in, on, in let, this area. Let me cut in there because um, uh, actually, you know, I I don't agree. Uh, you know, the obvious partner for them uh, would be on the Tencent side. They're going to partner with Tencent. Actually, would be to partner with Meituan, Meituan Dianping, right? Meituan Dianping is the market leader food delivery app it has uh, i was looking at some stats on it uh, the other day you know in terms of daily active users uh, they have well over half the market um they're much stronger than Erlemar. Uh, right but that's just that's right, just delivery that's the, though that's right the, but the thing is like if you're gonna if you're gonna part okay so if you look at the three parts uh, okay apart from fulfillment centers which luckin's already doing they don't need any partner for that um the delivery aspect and 
the, the actual traffic, having a virtual store, partnering, partnering with Tencent and Alibaba to get traffic. The most traffic, the best place to get traffic is Meituan Dianping, mm. right? Uh, that, that's the most obvious app to open up. That's going to have the highest number of people wanting to get food or drink delivered to them is those two properties. So um, there is a very, very obvious partnership to be done on, on the Tencent side of things as well. Um, but they've they've opted for, for Alibaba. Yeah, I mean, and I think, it, I mean, and again, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the ecosystem is going to be a bit broader um, because again, I mean, it, it could be just the way that they th- they're thinking about it. And it also could just be a cultural, f- uh, they, they, there's a cultural fit between Starbucks and Alibaba somehow. Um, of course, we don't know exactly how the discussions have been going. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Starbucks was talking with with both sides, uh, maybe not necessarily Meituan, but um, certainly certainly with people um, at, at Tencent, I would imagine. Um, but but when we look at when we look at the when we look at the Alibaba tie-up, I mean, a lot of that is just about the entire ecosystem, so not just uh, the, the the delivery, which I think would make more sense to to a traditional retailer, if you will, um, or a traditional um, you know food food and beverage um, company, um, because you know Starbucks is is a lot more than just their stores. It's also the coffee beans. It's also you know the coffee mugs, um, and the the various uh, coffee making things that they have. Um, it's the it's the pre mixed frappuccino stuff. It's the um, it's the instant coffee that they do. It's all they, and they also do like pre like packaged food. So not just the stuff that you would find in kind of like the in the uh, in the display case and the refrigerator display case, but then also they sell you know um, uh, cookies and, and and other things that they could just as easily uh, move through um, through uh, another another retailing uh, platform. Um, <clears throat> So so anyway, I think I think it, I think the Alibaba type does does certainly make sense. But um, at the end of the day, it's just I mean, again, it's just a, a little bit uh, too too late. Um, I don't I, I see the so the big question for me is how much market share are they actually going to lose from Luckin's rise? Um, and I think that for me at least, it's 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 hard to predict. Um, certainly, we are seeing more people um, use uh, choose to go with Luckin. Um, but the question is also, you know, how many how many of those are new um, are new coffee consumers? So, so they've chosen to uh, to drink coffee because now it's much much easier to actually get it. Maybe maybe before like they weren't really into coffee, and now they're choosing to um, to buy Luckin specifically because it's easy and all their friends are doing it and it's really popular. Um, you know, the Luckin's marketing campaigns have been phenomenal. They've gotten two uh, one celebrity, one uh, one Wang Hong online KOL. Um, and they've been been blasting it everywhere. Um, I, I see luck in advertisements all over the place in in Beijing right now. Um, so so part of it. So part of it, I do have to wonder. You know, so on the one hand, yes, of course, the Alibaba um, deal with with Starbucks, it's not that going to be that big of a game changer. Um, but at the same time, you know, how much how much market share is Luckin actually taking um, away from from Starbucks in general? Um, because you you know, so we talked a little bit about the numbers before. Um, the thing is, you know, Luckin basically has three different types of stores. Uh, one's kind of a dark store, and, that, and all it is is fulfillment. Uh, all they do is they they take they take the uh, the delivery orders, they uh, they make the the drinks or whatever it is, and then they get it ready for uh, delivery. Uh, and then they have the the pickup only stores, um, so where you would uh, place your order ahead of time on the app, show up, uh, pick up your whatever, and then and then walk away. Uh, and then they also have the the, the sit in stores as well. And so when we're looking at like these eight hundred plus stores. They said they want to have 2,000. 
I mean, my my big question is, well, okay, fine, but are we including those dark stores? Uh, because those would be a lot easier to uh, to to set up and uh, and maintain than um, than you know even even a a takeaway a takeaway stand. Um, so I think that we, we do have to take these numbers with, with an actual grain of salt. Um, and I'd be really curious to see what the actual market share numbers are, um, mm. you know, this time next year. Yeah. I, for Luckin, um, I, my personal take on it is that they're growing the pie. Um, I think they're trying to hit a different segment. Um, they're trying to, which is basically white collar workers is, is the, is the main one. Um, and they're investing heavily in branding, as you as you as you mentioned just there. Um, they're looking to bring coffee to the masses at a lower price point and with faster delivery, uh, which Starbucks just wasn't doing. Right? Starbucks was at a high price point, and up until recently, no delivery. Um, so Luckin really is, uh, you know, um, taking a very different model and um, really going for it. They, they're attacking this gap, and for them to succeed, stop. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a, a zero sum game. Uh, I think we'll we'll see that um, what Luckin's doing will grow the if, if it's successful will grow the coffee market considerably and most of it will be new market share rather than taking away from Starbucks because this market has we, as we looked at in the previous episode where we covered Luckin um, has if, if you just look at the sheer numbers and statistics on on coffee consumption in mainland China compared to almost every other developed East Asian market um, there is a very considerable difference there and so that's really the opportunity that Luckin's attacking not so much, uh, you know, taking share away from Starbucks, but you know, all of this market that has yet to be that will come online, that will start to, um, you know, uh, start to uh, consume coffee when the price point goes down a bit and the and it becomes more convenient and uh, their tastes change over time. Um, we've also seen that Luckin is attacking the enterprise market now. If you go on their website, you can actually register as a business uh, and bulk buy coffee for your workers or have deals there, which is you know just goes to show how they're really looking at this in a very different way uh, to Starbucks. You know, they're going for those white collar workers. They're going for people who want coffee for work every day to give them that caffeine rush. Um, these people, uh, you know, they want the kind of Starbucks experience. But for them, you know, having that huge difference in price uh, and that's super fast delivery uh, together with a brand that's, you know, uh, done a pretty good job on creating a likable, um, cool brand that uh, resonates well with that with that time get consumer group um you know that's that's a powerful combination um and to go and to just address that little point you put at the end about how many of these stores are you know dark stores or whatever i would say right now a lot of them are dark stores um you know those are the the fulfillment centers are the easiest ones to open up and uh, luckin has made it clear that they later on they want to start opening more of the uh, stores with seating areas and then it's going to be an interesting battle because starbucks actually has a lot of the prime real estate already uh one of the reasons why Luckin, I think at some point sued Starbucks or there was a there was something there. I think they sued them, uh, which was about, you know, that Starbucks has these exclusive retail uh, location deals um, with the landlords. Um, and so Starbucks has, you know, got this massive head start in the market and they've already picked a lot of the prime real estate locations for coffee uh, stores. And that that's really uh, um, a significant advantage for them in terms of that model. Uh, of like going actually going and sitting down in the store to have your coffee uh, because location there is is super important um so for those it makes sense that uh, i think for looking to have that strategy of you know quickly 
rolling out um, all of these uh, fulfillment centers, but then switching later on when the branding is stronger and they have the they have the coverage into something that's you know closer to where Starbucks is now. But we've really yet to see that. You know, when you open up the app um, and you actually check the stores in in major cities, you'll see that there's actually very few of them that are sit down stores, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was that was kind of kind of my point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I mean, this the the as as we talked about in the last episode about Luckin, I mean, like. Uh, it's a really good case study of um, of what what disruption really looks like. Um, where what they've done is they've completely discarded um, much of the of the um, much of what has made traditional retail work, and they decided to completely rebuild um, a business model on top of um, new emerging technologies. Um, and of course, I mean, I say new and emerging. I mean, I think for for many people in China at this point, uh, delivery through a mobile a mobile application um, isn't that new or, or emerging, but certainly it is for consumers around the world. Um, and, and it is a fairly new technology. It's been around for what, three, four, five, six years now. Um, but, at, but the point being is that they've, they've been able to um, build something completely new on, on top of that, um, build and create a, create a new business model uh, built on top of um, a, new, a new technology. Um, and, it, and, 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 and again, as I, as I mentioned in the, in the last one, um, it's, 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 it's a business model built for the mobile age. It's, it's mobile first, um, fundamentally. Um, so, you know, you look at, you look at a company like Starbucks and they really miss the mobile. Yeah, fine. You, they have an app and the app is kind of nice because you can use it to, uh, to get, to get points when you go to, to a Starbucks. Every time you buy something, you get a point. Basically you, you accumulate enough points and you get a free cup of coffee. Um, but that's not, that's not really doing anything different. That's just using the mobile device as a tool to supplement what you're already doing. Whereas Luckin, they've, they've come in and they've completely rethought how how a coffee business um a coffee yeah, business can be uh, definitely run. uh going back to your original point disruption yeah this is i think this is why why we're talking about this you know why have we covered it for two episodes now um it really is a tech theme um this is disruption you know this is reimagining a business uh being internet you know uh, with the assumptions of internet and mobile as they are today with mobile payments when you go into a luck-in store if there is a, a takeout store there's no pos machine as we mentioned in the, in the previous episode um that is a that is pretty uh, different from what we've uh, expected uh, even in china that's pretty different right that, that there's there's no there's no cashier and there's no there's no there's just a, an app download uh, and a, and a QR code. That's it. Um, so they really are taking things from first principles and, and and saying, okay, how how would this market look like if we started today? No, you know, with mobile payments, with everyone comfortable buying on their phone and, and ordering food. Um, yeah. So that that that's really at the core of why this is so interesting. And that's about all the time we have for this edition of China Tech Talk. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes. Or if you're on Pocket Cast or Overcast, you can tap on that star button and it will recommend this episode to your network. And coming up in September, Matthew is organizing the China Chat Conference. It happens every year. I believe this is the third year that it's going on. It is a, uh, a conference dedicated to digital marketing, in particular uh, WeChat, as you can imagine. It features the leading minds in uh, digital marketing and e-commerce here in China. 
uh, featuring some of um, actually some of the people that we've had on the podcast, including Elijah Whaley, CMO of Park Lou, and Thomas Graziani, CEO and founder of Walk the Chat. That's going to be on September 20th and 21st in Shanghai. And the uh, registration link will be in the show notes. Thank you.